Hello and welcome to the Hales Owen Apostolic Church. Apostolic meaning what God says, not what man thinks. Please enjoy this teaching and if you want more, visit the website at halesowenapostolicchurch.org. So as I was with the Lord this week, um, I was preparing this message and I was trying to get Almost as I do, what is it, Lord, that you want to bring to the church this morning? What is it that you want to bring to your people this morning? And the Spirit of God has come into the room. <laughs> well, that's different. <laughs> I, need <laughs> I think the Lord is saying to me that I don't need notes. And he's right. I just need him. So, um, yeah, so I, I was praying this week trying to receive from the Lord. What is it, Lord, that you wanted to bring to your church, to your people this morning? Because, guys, this is all about you and your relationship with God. This is not about me standing up here today. This is about what you can get from what God wants to speak to you about this morning. And that's so important that you open your eyes and you listen to the truth and what the Spirit of God is trying to whisper to you as individuals. Because yes, we're a body of Christ. Yes, we're a body of believers. But yes, we are in a relationship with a personal God who loves to know you as individuals. So Lord, what was it that you were trying to say to me this week? And as I, as I was praying and writing and, and, and just reflecting and engaging and listening to what the Lord was saying, I started off with a message, which I'll come on to in a second. And over the, the, the days, for those who, who, who write um, sermons, you know that you, you start off in one place and then you start building over the days and then hopefully you come to a place on a Friday where you feel that you've got what the Lord wants to give to his people. You see, but I had a problem. Midweek, I felt that the Lord was almost vacant. I felt like the Lord was absent he, he, he was fur, further away from where I thought I needed him to be. I wasn't receiving. I felt like I was numb, almost confused with what I'd had and where I'd got to. Lord, what was it that I was trying to do here? What was it with the, the message? And how did I translate that into something that you wanted me to? Thursday, I'd hit a place of feeling absolutely helpless. I remember just sitting there thinking, how do I move forward? How, how do I pull this together? Almost to the point of saying, do you know what? I give up. And there's something in that. You see, the Lord wants you to give up. He doesn't want you to use your own ability or strength or mind. He wants you to give up, leaning on yourself. He wants you to be dependent upon him. And I've been a Christian now for six years. Some may be new. Some may have yet to discover who Christ is. Some may be more mature in their walk with Christ. But that's a core message, isn't it? That we shouldn't lean upon our own understanding. We should wait upon him. We should depend upon him. Brilliant, Lord. Thank you. I know that. I feel that. I understand the revelation, what you're saying to me. But what do I do next? 
You see, the Lord is always teaching us, isn't he? He's always shown us what to do in situations. He's molding us like that potter and the clay. He's trying to work into us his strength, his strength, his ability, his goodness. He's trying to work it into us. We just need to be available for him to work into us. And that's where I'd got to on Thursday. I was waiting for his strength, his power, his grace, his goodness, his faithfulness to work into me through the power of the Holy Spirit what he wants to bring to you this morning. And I felt the Lord say, only he provides. And I think somebody mentioned that this morning. And it's really interesting actually, guys, because leading up to when I was sitting there, you know, trying to calm myself down about coming up and, and preaching this morning. Each of you brought something that was already in my sermon. You know, the very fact that we are the center of his world. Absolutely. You know, Andrew said something right at the beginning that resonated with me. And then Kev, you brought something. And I was like, wow, Lord, this is incredible. But I'm not surprised, but yet I am. And we should be. We should always be surprised at what the Lord does. We should never get bored with what he can do with us. It's a journey. It's a life. It should be exciting. It shouldn't be dull and boring. So what did he say to me? He said, Math, I know my people. And they think they know me. And that was my response, Mark. Two emotions. I was like, Lord, thank you for trusting me with such an interesting message. And I had a big intake of spiritual breath. Wow, that's deep. Let me just say that again. The Lord knows you. Number one, he knows you. But do you know him? Now, he w it's not coming from a position of saying, you don't know me, as being critical. It was more the heart of God and the emotional side of the Father saying, hey, guess what? You know me, but there's so much more that you can learn of me. You can go to a deeper level with me. So what you think you know, you don't really understand the magnitude and the depth of our Lord. He's got so much power to bring to your life that you think you know him. But he wants you to come into a deeper relationship so you get to know him better. He can give you so much more. He knows you. And you think you know him. So come, come and taste and see that the Lord is good. see, for some of us that have yet to discover the Lord, please listen. This is an important decision. It, it has eternal consequences. So please, if you're yet to come to the Lord, don't wait. For those that are part of the body of Christ, thank you that you've made the right decision. 
you're secured eternally and you know where you're going. So I praise God for that. In Revelation 3.20, it says that, For the Lord said that I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. That's the scripture that I'm coming from today. He stands at the door and he knocks. He's knocking for you if you don't know him. For those that do know him, you know what that feels like. You've heard his voice. You've allowed him into your heart. You've said, Lord, come. Come and dine with me. Come, Lord. I welcome you into this place. I want to know you. You invite him and you sit with him. And he loves that, that you have had fellowship together. He's a God that knows you. Remember what I said at the beginning. I know my people. You know that because you've heard his voice. You've accepted his invitation. You've, entered, you've allowed him to come into your heart. You've allowed him to sit at your table. <laughs> you know, our God is a God of love. The greatest commandment. You shall love the Lord. Love the Lord your God. But what I love about our God is that he comes with the offer first. In 3.16, John 3.16, it states that God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever should believe on him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, God is love. He loves the fact that he offered his son for you, and that is something you cannot comprehend. But yet, once you understand that and you invite him into your life, God expects you to love him with everything you have. The greatest commandment, love him and love your neighbor. His love desired all men to be saved. He's not exclusive. He's inclusive. He wants everybody to be saved. He doesn't care who you are, where you've been, or where you are currently. He will come and knock at your door, no matter where you are. As long as you let him in, he will enter with loving kindness and sit with you and have fellowship. Think about the scripture again. I will come in and dine with you. <laughs> and as I wrote this, I had a, a bit of a chuckle to myself. So the Lord was trying to say to me, Math, I don't come in and dine with people I don't like because I love everybody. So the offer's there for everybody. And as, as if we think about that from our situation, can you imagine standing at the door of someone you don't like? Why would you do that? Why would you stand at someone's door that you don't like? The Lord loves us all. I mean, maybe your mother-in-law. <laughs> um, sorry, N Nanny Jane. I didn't mean it. <laughs> but on a serious note, you... you why would you want to spend time with people that you don't want to be with? Yeah? The Lord wants to be with you. He wants to have fellowship with you. He wants to know you. And he wants you to know him. He wants you to sit with him. He wants you to, to desire him and have a, a, a relationship with him. 
You see, when you sit with people and you enjoy their company, you get a deeper understanding of who they are. The more you spend time with people that you want to be with, you get to know them like your wife or your friends or your partner. The more you sit down with people and you commune with them, the more you understand who they are. Sometimes you can second guess what people are going to think or say. I know my wife probably can second guess everything about me. But that's because we love each other and we have that relationship and we, we know each other deeply. That's what the Lord wants with us. He wants us to be able to know exactly what he thinks about situations. And if we don't, he wants us to go and speak to him about situations. But most importantly, guys, he wants us to go and listen to what he has to say to you about your situation. And I, I, I said this on, on Wednesday night, and I gave a, a few snippets of my sermon this morning, that I think sometimes we pray up with the answer to God instead of praying with open hands to receive the answer from God. You see, in our mind, we think we know what our Lord should do and what we expect him to do. And then we get frustrated with the outcome because it doesn't measure up or meet what we think the Lord should do for us. And that's really hard. And sometimes you think you know what the answer is and the Lord has provided the answer but you can't see it because it's not what you expected. Think about this. You might know about someone. You might know about someone because you've read about someone. You might know about someone because you've heard from somebody else. That's different to knowing someone. So do you know the Lord Jesus this morning? Or do you know about him? It's two different things. The more you spend with him, the more you will know personally what he is and who he is. You'll have an emotional relationship, a personal relationship. It's not head facts. It's a personal relationship. Not an impression about someone, but a personal personal relationship. In Luke 12, 7, he says, Even the hairs on your head are numbered. I know them. In Jeremiah 29, 11, he says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. He knows you. In Jeremiah 1, 1, and I love scripture, and I love some of these. Just think about this. Before you were formed, he knew you. He knows you. Proverbs 16.9 says that God directs our path and our ways. He's personally acquainted with you. He knows you. In Psalm 1391, <laughs> he searches our heart. And yes, he knows you. Psalm 139, guys, go away and read that this afternoon. It's incredible. It's so deep. It's so profound. It's going to give you so much to think about and sit with when you spend time with the Lord, when you sit at his table. Psalm 139. 
just give you another couple from that psalm. In 1392, he knows when you sit and when you rise. He per- perceives your thoughts. You see, what I'm trying to say to you this morning, guys, is that the Lord wants to say to you, he, he knows you so personally, you shouldn't be afraid. He knows who you are, where you are, and what you think before you speak. When you rise and when you sit, he knows the plans he has for you, the path that you should be on, is always there and available for you. Remember, Jesus says, I know them. Do they know me? You see, don't be like the Pharisee, full of head knowledge, full of perfection, something that maybe you think you are, but you're not. And for those who don't know what, who, who, who the Pharisees are, it was the old traditional Jewish religious leaders of the day in Jesus' time. And they thought they knew Jesus, but they didn't. Even when the Son of God, God manifested in the flesh, was standing in front of them, they were blind to the truth and the voice of the Lord. Don't be a Pharisee today. Sit with the Lord and dine with him and get to know him personally. You see, he's not the God of unlimited power. So he's not the God of limited power. He's the God of unlimited power. His, high, his ways are higher than our ways. He wants to show you more. He wants it to take you deeper and show you what he can do for you. <laughs> when I was reading and writing this, I looked at, at the sky one evening and the stars were just absolutely amazing. And the Bible teaches us that he stretches out the heavens like a curtain. I knew that scripture. But what I didn't know was the words that came after that. He names every single star. Wow. So this God that we worship, that we know, he's so powerful that the universe is being stretched out like a curtain. And he names every single star. I can't even comprehend that. But that should demonstrate the power and the goodness of our Lord from a universal point of view. Yes, he loves you so personally that he knows each one of you. So the God that knows all the stars and draws it out like a curtain is so personal in the same respect. And I had this this morning as as I was just rereading my notes and I just felt the Lord say, Yes, I draw out the star, draw out the, the heavens, and I, the, cur- the the stars are being drawn out like a curtain. But yet, I'm still populating the earth, and I don't know how many people are born every minute of the day. But he was trying to say to me, "I'm so personal that I know every hair on those people's heads that are just born," and that just blew my mind this morning. Our God is so awesome and so powerful. Sometimes we miss those very facts. And I think this morning he's trying to say to you, come and see who I am. You think you know me, but there's more power. There's more glory. There's more that I can give you. There's more, more. So question. When did you last sit at the table with the Lord? When did you last sit down with the Lord? 
I'm not talking about five minute, five second prayers. I'm not talking about the repetitive prayers that we may get ourselves into. God provide for me today. Protect me, Lord. Give us our daily bread. I'm not playing down those prayers. But I think the Lord's trying to say to us this morning, when did we sit down and just sit with him? You see, to listen to what God says is so important. Prayer is just talking to Jesus. It's nothing fancy. It's just starting to have a conversation with him. It's to sit with him and not rush through life praying to him without letting him speak back into your life or situation. Sometimes you just need to sit down and sit and not say anything. Remember the scripture, God knows your heart already. Sometimes you don't have the strength or the courage to do anything. I've been there. But what you should do is go to him and just sit. Don't exclude him from your walk. Don't exclude him from any part of your life. But I suppose the question here is, if you're not a believer this morning, first you've got to come to him. You see, when Jesus walked round in the Gospels, he walked past fishermen, and he just simply said those words, come, follow me. They did. They literally took everything they had and put it to one side, and they followed him. So I wonder this morning if some of you need to stand up and say, yes, I need to follow him. Do it today. See, the Lord isn't a robot. He doesn't demand us to do a process or procedure. He doesn't want you to use a, a prayer process or procedure. He just wants you to be real with him. He wants you to have a personal relationship with him. He wants you to understand that he desires to know you, and he wants you to desire to know him. The more you want of him, the more you drink of him, the more you will want him even more. It's one of those wonderful scriptures, as he pours in, you pour out for other people. And he pours back into you so you can pour out again. But he just wants to know you can have more. Just talk to Jesus. There's a song, isn't there? What a friend we have in Jesus. <laughs> Doesn't that sum it up? What a friend. What a friend. Our God is our friend. Oh my word, what a revelation. Our God is our friend. Our friend. The disciples spent three and a half years walking with Jesus, listening, seeing, experiencing, receiving, being empowered to go and do things. They asked and they listened, they learned. They were with him 24-7 for three and a half years. 
What a time that must have been. The miracles they would have seen, the experiences they would have saw Jesus do and go through. Something I found out this week. There's only one thing in the, in the Gospels that the disciples asked Jesus to teach them. Now, as I read that, I, I, I had to double check because I don't like to come with maths thoughts. I want to be true to the word. And forgive me if I'm off the mark, Mark, but I'm pretty confident that there's only one time that the disciples say to Jesus, teach us, Lord, teach us. It's in Luke 11, 1. Lord, teach us how to pray. Isn't that amazing? They saw Jesus praying to the Father. They saw Jesus go away and spend time with the Father. They must have seen something in that moment that said, man, Lord, teach us how to pray something there was so important for them to understand they needed to understand how to pray that solid foundational devotional life of prayer and communication talking to our lord our god <laughs> you know as you sit there you can think well maybe if i was there would you say hey lord teach me how to turn water into wine <laughs> or maybe lord maybe you can teach me how to as a walk on water. I know Mark loves that one. So, um, but no, they said, we want you to teach us how to pray. Now, Jesus anointed them with power, and they sent, he sent them out to go and do amazing things like raise the dead, cast out demons. But I almost feel like that the Lord, felt like the Lord said, I'm going to give you that power. Go out now and cast out demons, raise the dead. The one thing they wanted to know from the Lord was how to teach, to teach us how to pray. You see, the disciples understood that importance. They wanted to get that solid foundation. It's something that each of us need to understand and spend time doing. If you don't talk to God, how can you understand what he wants for you? Like I say, you can read about God. You can learn from his word. So I'm not disputing that. But I think there's a deeper level here where the Lord wants to say, come, sit with me, dine with me, speak to me. Receive all that I have for you. A few years ago, I had a vision from the Lord and he showed me that scripture. And what he showed me was, if you can imagine this, imagine that you're outside your front door and the Lord Jesus is standing outside your door. He's standing there every minute of the day. So you walk up to your front door and Jesus is there. And he says, Math, he says there are almost four types of people in this world. There's those who don't know me because they haven't heard about me. So they walk up to their front door and I stand there loving, kindness, being patient, waiting for that moment that they would look in my eyes. But no, they walk into their house and shut the door 
and I remain on the outside. It's like, my heart for you, Lord, it's awful. But how much do we spend time going out, guys, and spreading the gospel so those type of people can see Jesus because they don't know him today? The second type of person was Jesus standing at their front door and this person had heard about Jesus. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, that's a better start than the first. So Jesus would be standing waiting for them to come home. <laughs> and all he gets is a glance from that person. So they see Jesus but ignore him and they walk into their house and Jesus is still left on the outside oh Lord and then the third type of person is those that know Jesus <laughs> because they say hi how are you Jesus but they walk into their house and still leave him on the outside I don't know which one of those is worse the first one is our responsibility. We've got to speak and tell people about Jesus. The second is still our responsibility because we need to encourage people to step forward and actually understand who he is. And the third is actually our responsibility. So yes, they've acknowledged who Jesus is, but hey, maybe we just need to put our arms around people and walk with them so we can introduce them to our Lord and Savior. And the fourth person would be that type of person that had acknowledged who Jesus is. Morning, Jesus. Would you like to come in? The Lord loves that. He loves the fact that he's able to start to have a, a, a relationship with those people. Of course he will come in. The scripture says he stands at the door and knocks. And then he waits for you to come. Come in, Jesus. Let me invite you to my table so you can have fellowship with me. We can dine together, we can speak, we can talk, we can drink. That's what he wants. And maybe the majority of us have done that today. We've invited the Lord into our lives and we've said, hey, will you be, will you be my savior? Will, will you be my king? Will you be, will you be my everything? But you see, guys, and this is the point of the message, we may have been... Maybe we're at that place now where we've invited Jesus into our lives. We've sat at the table with him. But yet we've forgot to do that on a regular basis. The last vision he gave me was that exact example. So you've invited Jesus into your house. Imagine he's in your kitchen or your dining room. And he's sitting at the table. Every morning... He sits at that table waiting for you to get up, come downstairs, and he's waiting for you to say, morning, Lord. I wonder how many of us do that. I wonder how many of us start our day with the Lord. And I can't remember who, somebody mentioned, I think it was Ted, right at the beginning of the service, somebody mentioned that. Guys, God's here to teach us and to show us something this morning from what the guy said this morning and to what he's saying to us through this word this, eve this, this afternoon, this morning, sorry. 
how many times have you sat with the Lord this week? How many times have you sat with him and broke bread? You know, Jesus with the disciples said, do this often. And I know that's talking about the, the communion with the Lord, but that's the whole purpose, isn't it? To have communion with him. Breaking bread often, sitting together, sitting with him, just talking to Jesus. Can I just give you a quick visual example of how this should work in your life? Kev, can I just get you to stand here, please? And Ted, can I just get you to come and stand here, please? And I, don't, I don't normally do this, but I just felt that the Lord wanted me to give you something that you could take away visually this morning. So I am the born-again Christian. Hi. And I've got to walk with God. I'm saved, I'm blessed, I love the Lord with all my heart, and I just desire him. Kev, forgive me, Lord, you're Jesus, without the beard. And Ted, you are the man of the world. You're just a man in the world. I'm the Christian, born again, like us all. I wake up, and I come downstairs, What's the first thing you do? Are you going to the world and looking to man for everything that you need for life? Is he your provider? Have you turned your back on Jesus? Because I can't see him. I know him, but I can't see him. See, my attention's here. My attention's in the world and everything about it. I'm so sorry, Lord. How you doing, Ted? That's the relationship, Lord, that I think some of us are in at the moment. Let's rewind. Truly, we should be coming downstairs. Morning, Lord. How are you today, Lord? I want to desire to know you deeper today. I want you to be my provider. I want to get everything that I need from you. Because that's the only place I should get things from you. I can still look at the world. Because we're of the world, aren't we? We're in the world, so I'm not excluding the world. But surely our thoughts and our eyes should be on Jesus. As we sang this morning, Jesus be the center of our world. I want to be centered on Christ. I still can look in the world and be of the world, but I want to be centered on Christ. I want to be with him first. And guys, I think that's exactly what the Lord wanted to, to, to show you this morning. Thank you, guys. You can take a seat. Get up and get centered with Christ. Get up and get everything you need for your day with Christ. Yes, you can still be in the world, obviously, but surely we should be sitting at the table with Christ. He asks us, doesn't he, to seek, to seek him, to desire him, to come wholeheartedly. To pray without ceasing, as I shared it a couple of Wednesdays ago, that impression of our prayer life should be as simple as breathing. It shouldn't be complicated. It should be natural. We should pray as we breathe. It keeps us alive. It keeps us alive. Spiritually, it keeps us alive. So as I close this message... I just ask you to take away that visual representation. Start your day with God. 
Start your day with Jesus being the center of everything you need. Pray like you breathe. Let it be natural without ceasing. But guys, remember, he wants you to enjoy his company. Thank you.